0: Kevlar is a man made flexible fiber that was developed in the late 60s. It is five times stronger than the same weight of steel. It's a fabric like your shirt and the other fabric. And underwater, Kevlar is 20 times stronger than steel. Bulletproof vests are made of Kevlar. Kevlar windsurfing sails withstand up to 60-mile-per-hour winds without ripping, and Kevlar-belted radial tires make driving safer. This is not a DuPont commercial, so we're not going to list all of the things that Kevlar is used for. It's a very interesting material. Actually, it's a polymer. I didn't say that, but it's a polymer. It's a man-made polymer. They weave it just the same way that they weave any other kind of cloth they spin it and weave it weave it when we self-justify we are weaving kevlar armor around the false personality around the ego or around the acquired self and what it ensures is that nothing can penetrate us the great thing about kevlar for when after it came out in the in the 60s was in vietnam they started using it for kevlar vests and kevlar lined kevlar helmets so that They would put layer after layer, and when a bullet hit it or a projectile hit it, it would absorb the impact so that it didn't penetrate and kill the soldier. Then the police forces got hold of it, and they started to use it, and it saved a lot of lives. So it became very, very popular. When you think of Kevlar now, I want you to think of self-justifying, because it's the same thing. It's what keeps us from being penetrated. Well, why shouldn't we be penetrated? That's a good question. What does self-justifying mean? It's always putting yourself in the right. Now, if you'll think about how you feel about yourself in your life right now, you'll notice that you are wearing Kevlar, that you are self-justified. that you think you're right. I don't know if you're voting or not or who you're voting for, but whoever you're voting for, you think you're right. And if someone else is not voting for that person, they're voting for the opponent, then you think they're wrong or at least not as right as you. If you're not willing to make them wrong, you're willing to say, well, everybody has a choice. That's fine. You have your choice. You have your perspective. You have your point of view. But you think they're less right than you. Now, maybe it's not always that way. Maybe you can actually pick somebody and not leave out the other. Make one right, make one wrong. It's possible. But it's not likely in our culture. But it is possible. To justify our actions is to vindicate ourselves. It shows others Whatever we did was right, reasonable, proper, and just. Think about how much time and energy you have devoted to letting other people know what you did was right, proper, justified, that you vindicated yourself. Think about it. It's amazing how much force we squander on something so silly. Because what others think doesn't mean a thing about our own personal development it was like we talked about this morning before we started this, people thinking that someone is wonderful. Well, that's ridiculous. It's totally absurd. If the person who other people think is wonderful believes it, you can think I'm wonderful. I don't care. That's your business. But I can't afford to think I'm wonderful. You can think I'm clever. That's your business. That's your personal internal thing. But for me to believe you and to then think that I am clever or wonderful, because people do other people do that is death psychologically that is death spiritually well death maybe is not such a bad thing, except that that 's not the kind of death we 're talking about. the kind of death that we 're talking about is the death of our potential, the death of our essence, not the death of the false personality, not making the false personality passive, not making the ego passive but Destroying our own souls, destroying our own essence, our own essential self, what we are meant to be, what we could develop into if we nourished it properly. Self-justification starts from a wrong ground of being for esoteric work. The only reason I can say it's a wrong ground of being is because I am qualifying it with for esoteric work. If you're not in esoteric work, if you have no desire to develop, if you are happy in life, if you think that life is all that you need, if you think that life is going to give you everything that you need, if you think that you're going to find the right mate and that person is going to make you happy, if you think that you're going to get the right job and that job is going to make you happy, if you think that you're going to to send your kids to the right school, their graduation will make you happy. If you think that, you don't need to worry about esoteric truth or esoteric teachings. At least not until you find out that what you think is going to make you happy does not have the power to do it. Then esoteric truth could mean something to you. But until then, it can't possibly mean anything to you because you're trying to cross the river in two boats. And you can't. You have to be in one or the other, but you can't be in both. Those who wish to develop can't afford to start from a picture of themselves as always good, honorable Just and upright. You cannot afford this. So that's what I mean by ground of being. If your ground of being is that you're just, honorable, always right, upright, a fine, upstanding citizen, if that's your ground of being, you're standing on the wrong ground. What I'm saying is for those of us in this work, our ground of being must be nothingness. It must be our nothingness. It must be the fact that we are not right that we are highly suspect in anything that we think, say, and do. That our motivations are always to be scrutinized and never to be taken for granted as right, just, honorable. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the right ground of being for someone who is intending to develop esoterically, who's intending to develop spiritually, who's intending to develop his higher nature. Esoteric work starts from the ground of being attained through understanding of our own nothingness. If you can see yourself in the great ray, in the ray of creation, if you can find yourself down here, way down here, so far away from the original source of life and light, in such a mechanical world, under 48 orders of laws, where we are predominantly under the law of accident, where our destiny is something that may or may not manifest. We may not survive long enough to manifest our destiny because of the law of accident, which is really the law of just being under mechanical laws, of being unconscious all the time, of not being able to stay present in the moment, of not being able to stay awake to our potential and then to realize it. If we can have that scale where we understand that compared to where we've got to go, we're nowhere. We're not close, but that also we have a direct line, that there's a rope that hangs right here, right now, right in front of it, just above you in this present moment. And at every moment of your life, that rope is just above you. But we're like dogs always looking at the ground, and we're never looking up. I was standing up on the balcony the other day, and I called Buddy, and he looked in the door, and he looked here, and he looked there, and he looked every place but up on the balcony. Because dogs don't, as a rule, look up. And we are like that. As a rule, we don't look up, and so we don't see the rope that's hanging just above us, and so we don't reach up there and grab it and get hold of it and pull ourselves up. Not only that, we couldn't pull ourselves up, really, because it takes so much force, and we're not used to it. We need to exercise first. There are a lot of things we need to exercise first until we have the strength and the perseverance and the will to climb that rope. Until then, what we need to do is see that the rope is there and reach for it and get hold of it. And first, get a good grip. Because it doesn't matter how strong you are after your wrist, if you don't have a good grip, it's not going to do you any good. You're not going to be able to pull yourself up unless you can hang on. So you've got to have the valuation to hang on to this work. That's your grip, your valuation. If you love this work, you will will this work. Because remember, love is will, and will is love. So if you love this work, if you love the ideas, the positive ideas of this work, if you love esoteric truth you will develop a strong grip and it will never leave you because you won't let it leave you because it will be so valuable to you. You won't ever let go of it. Unfortunately, now you have a slippery grip. Sometimes you go to work and you remember and sometimes you don't remember. Sometimes you're at home and you remember and sometimes you don't remember. That's not a good grip. You need a good grip. Then you can develop the strength to pull yourself up. When we justify ourselves, we exonerate ourselves. We explain to others how we're not to blame, how we're misunderstood, how we always act from the best motives, no matter how it looks. You're smiling and laughing because you know this is the truth about us. When I say us, I mean people on this planet. Everywhere you go, people are justifying themselves. It's the soup we're floating in. It's the water we're swimming in. It's the air we're breathing. It's everywhere all around us. You find someone who doesn't justify themselves, and you'll find someone who is playing the other game of self-deprecation for advancement. But you rarely find someone who genuinely is not justifying themselves. And when you do, it's almost a little embarrassing. You feel for them a little, like, and you wonder, what's wrong with this person? They must have had a horrible childhood. <laughs> we all had horrible childhoods. I don't care who, whoever had a great childhood. Compared to what? You don't know what a great childhood is. If, if you grew up on this planet, you had a horrible childhood. Everybody here was born. Now, I don't know whether you noticed it or not, but being born is a very painful experience. What's so great about that? What's so great about shoving your head through a pinhole? You know, it's, just, it's not a great idea. It doesn't feel good. Still doesn't. And you were better equipped to do it then because I think your head was more flexible and it could like – it had a place where it could actually fold in together. It actually could – now would really be tough. (laughs) And now is when you've got to be born again, you see. And so so now – but now the kind of born again that you have to be is not to enter into your mother's womb a second time and be born again. But you have to be born spiritually, you have to be born psychologically, Psychologically, you have to be born to this internal world, and you have to be born to this grip, this valuation of this other world that then supplants the world that supported you up until this point. And then you have to use that to make your way in this other world. It's very confusing at first. It's very confusing from an outer perspective, but it's very simple from an inner perspective. Yeah, let's not even think about the amount of psychic energy that's wasted by mankind's weaving and wearing of Kevlar armor, self-justification. The wearer can never be wrong and can never develop while he's wearing his self-justification, his Kevlar armor. It's pointless to talk about this with people who've never tried to observe themselves in the light of truth. Try and tell somebody they justify themselves. If they've never tried to observe themselves in the light of truth, (laughs) you're wasting your time all you'll get is a snoot full of trouble and a big argument if you like arguments and you like debate then go and try and tell people that they're justifying themselves if that's what you want to do if you'd like to waste your energy and theirs too, then do that but it's pointless to talk about them if you actually think that you're going to make a difference we are self-developing organisms Telling someone else that they're justifying themselves. Telling someone else you're in your false personality. That's all your ego. Oh, well, you're just in a negative state. Telling someone else that all you're doing is picking a fight. It's because your ego, your pain body, your negative emotions, your false personality needs to feed on someone else's negative energy. So you go and you knock the chip off their shoulder. That's all it is. And don't ever think it's anything else because if you do, you're lying to yourself. And in this work, the last thing you want to do is lie to yourself. You never want to lie to yourself. You've got to be genuine, sincere, and honest with yourself. You've got to be able to face yourself. Or else you cannot make progress. So don't bother doing that with other people. And if you find yourself doing it, stop doing it as quickly as you find yourself doing it. And apologize if you can. Without causing more harm. If you can't apologize without causing more harm, shut up and go away. And come back later. Self-observation is fine, but it's ineffective against Kevlar unless one has the tool that can cut through it. See, you can bring out the big cannons, and if you've got enough Kevlar, you can't fire a projectile hard enough to get through it because it absorbs all of the impact. It absorbs all of the energy. But it's interesting because Kevlar is a fabric, you can cut it with a pair of scissors. The one thing that somebody wearing a Kevlar vest can't be protected from is a knife. It'll go right through it. A sharp two-edged knife will go right through Kevlar Vest. Police know this. So they realize that it's pointless with somebody who's got a knife. Unless the guy's slashing, then it might slow it down. But if he's stabbing, he's got you. So I've asked people, are you negative? And then watched the people foil the question with an indignant denial or a good reason. You've all seen me do it with, with, with other people in the room. Well, are you negative? No, <laughs> I'm not negative. I'm just uh, blah, blah, blah. And they have some excuse or it's just a flat-out denial. And it's kind of funny when we watch it with somebody else, but it's not so funny when it's us. What happens then? The negative state remains because it's justified. The Kevlar held. It can't be penetrated from outside. And that's what this work really means when it says we're self-developing organisms, is that we cannot be penetrated from outside. It has to be done from within. You must take the overcoats off you must take the kevlar armor off that's why one of the things that the fourth way teaches is don't lie to your teacher what that means is don't wear kevlar around your teacher let him cut you let him stab you let him penetrate you let him get through to you but we think no no it will hurt too much it will kill me it will be terrible yes that's right it will kill you and it is terrible but you're the one said you wanted to develop And to develop means that something must die. Something must be sacrificed. And if you don't want to sacrifice what you don't need, then you must only want to sacrifice what you do need. How insane is that? All I'm asking for is what you don't need. I'm asking you to sacrifice to give up what you don't need, not what you do need, so that what you do need can be nourished and grown. Denial and blaming others is the warp and the woof of the Kevlar overcoats we wear. You know what warp and woof is. When weaving, the warp of the the material goes one way and the woof goes the other way. It's the warp and the woof. One goes left to right, one goes top to bottom. It's the warp and the woof. We are weaving our own Kevlar armor when we blame and justify. It's the warp and the woof of self-justification. Do you see what I'm talking about? I try to make these images for your mind because your mind needs something to hold on to because it's so weak. Until you can emotionally get a grip on this, you've got to have some kind of handle. You've got to have something to hold on to. And so I try and make it interesting. I hope it works for you. It works for me. We've got to find a way to cut through to the picture of ourselves as always being right and never being in the wrong. See, it's a picture. We have this picture of ourselves. That's really what the ground of being, how the ground of being stays is we have a picture of ourselves as always right, never wrong. And even when we're wrong, we're wrong with an excuse. You go to traffic court. How many people stand up and go, yeah, I was wrong, I was speeding? You don't hear that. That's so rare. What do you hear? People, you hear people, uh, 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 my speedometer was broken. Well, his his speedometer's broken. He didn't have his radar gun calibrated. Uh, the street should be, the speed limit should be higher. Blah, 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 blah. Just people spend so much time, energy, and money fighting the fact that they were wrong. And we reward them. If they come up with a really clever lie, we reward them by letting them off. This world does not support esoteric teachings. This world does not support your internal development. It supports you weaving more Kevlar and wearing it everywhere you go. But this work supports your real growth, your real development. No wonder you should forget about loving the world. If you love the world, you hate your own development. If you love your own development, you're going to hate the world because the world is not for you, not for your development. Vanity makes the pictures and pride defends them. What is the purpose of these two great giants, pride and vanity? Vanity is the artist. It's constantly in there making these wonderful pictures of how perfect we are, how we're never wrong, how we're always justified, how it's always someone else's fault. And then pride spends all of its time defending the pictures that vanity painted. that was good. These two powerful giants strengthen the warp and the woof of the Kevlar armor. We don't need their help. We do enough damage on our own. They undermine inner stability and permit no inner peace. So if you have inner stability, you will have inner peace. No matter what's shaking out there, if you've got inner stability, it just doesn't touch you. You're insulated. You know this feeling from what's happening in the world today, the world markets. If you have any amount of this work, any amount of inner stability, inner peace, it just doesn't affect you. It's like, well, you're going to lose your nest egg. So? Well, there's going to be a $700 billion bailout, and you're paying for it. Well, I don't have $700 billion, so I'm not paying for it. Are we going to take your money and do it? I don't care. My money is going to go some way anyway. I'm not taking any of it with me. Where I'm going, I don't need money. And now is the time to spend it. Because where I'm going, I don't need it. That inner stability and inner peace. I'm just not going to get ruffled over this. But you need to get ruffled. It's your duty as a citizen to get ruffled. Sorry, you're ruffled enough for ten of us. I'm not going there. I have the right not to be negative. That's the wonderful thing this work has given me. It's given me the right not to be negative. I have the right not to be negative. I have the right not to vote. People, you don't vote? People, if you think that voting for this guy or that guy is voting, then how come you can't see that not voting is also a vote? It's a vote. It's saying, look, I don't believe in your system. I don't accept your choices. I have my own choice, and my choice is not to be a part of your system. Well, but you can't not be a part of their system. Well, that's true. But as far as it depends on me... I have a choice now it may not depend on me very far but as far as it does I have a choice and I'm going to exercise that choice that's my right not to be negative that's my right of consciousness right of awareness gives you the right of choice well people won't agree that's okay I never asked for anyone to agree with me I think it's very interesting that when we allow pride and vanity to undermine our inner stability to destroy our inner peace we remain at war with ourselves we're really not at war with the world we're really at war with ourselves we're really not at war with the opponents the other party the other person we're at war with ourselves because if we weren't at war with ourselves there would be no war outside I find it also interesting that Jesus said do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth I did not come to bring peace but a sword a sword why a sword okay well let's think about this on the earth we know that that's outer. He didn't come to bring peace on the earth in an outer way, but he brought a sword. So what does that mean? Well, we know that the kingdom, he said the kingdom of heaven is within you, and that's inner. And then we have the world that's outer. So we have this inner world, the kingdom of heaven, and this outer world, which is the world that we know. But he didn't come to bring peace in the outer world, but he came to bring a sword. Well, if he came for the inner world, he came to bring the kingdom of heaven... Then he came to bring the sword for the kingdom of heaven. So the sword somehow has got something to do with the kingdom of heaven or this inner world. So the sword then must be an inner sword. Well, what is the sword? It's interesting that Paul says, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. So now we're back to spirit and psychological. The sword of the spirit, the sword is this, the sword of this inner world. And what is it? It's the word of God. What's the word of God? Esoteric truth. There is esoteric truth for the inner world. It's a sword. Well, what good is a sword? What's the only thing that can cut Kevlar? A sharp two-edged sword, a knife, the edge, the blade is what can cut through the Kevlar and get into our inner world. So until we can cut this self-justifying, we're buffered, armored against the truth. And so we need the very truth to cut through that self-justification. What is the truth about you? The truth about you is that really, honestly, where you are, you are nothing. You're not always right. You're not wonderful. You're not always perfect. Your ground of being is wrong for esoteric growth. That's the truth. And that cuts like a knife. And we don't like it. Unless, of course, you're willing to sacrifice. You're willing to give up whatever it is that stands in the way of your growth. And then that will depend on your valuation, your grip. Kevlar will stop a bullet but not a knife. A sword is a big knife. And so the sword esoterically is the truth, also called the Word of God. And I like, this, one of my favorite is, for the, for the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If that doesn't tell you, that all these people are talking about the same thing, then you don't have ears to hear. But keep listening. Maybe you'll grow some. The evolutionary process could occur with you. You could actually grow ears. If, you, if sound bounces off your head long enough, you may grow something to catch it. You know, it's just like ma- magnetic center can be developed by being introduced to esoteric ideas. Magnetic center can actually grow. Well, you can grow ears too. So if you don't have ears, I'm not sending people away because they don't have ears. I invite you to stay until you grow some. I love it. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. And boy, when you get right down to it, we are shifty. We can find a way to excuse ourselves, to justify ourselves, and we need something sharp to cut between spirit and soul. Joint and marrow. We need something that will get right down to the intentions of the heart and the thoughts, don't we? Because we're clever in the worst possible way. What does the work call this sword? The work calls this sword, which the Bible calls the Word of God, uncritical, sincere self observation. Wait, now you're saying that, because I'm going to get this next week anyway. Wait, now you're saying that uncritical, clear self observation is the Word of God? No. I'm saying it's what manifests the Word of God. The Word of God is light. How do I know that? God said, let there be light, and there was light. The Word of God is quick and active and powerful, but so is the truth. What is the difference between the Word of God and the truth? There's no difference. What is the difference between esoteric truth and biblical truth? There's no difference. It's just form, and form doesn't matter, unless, of course, you live in a world of form and you make it matter. But what we're trying to do is pull away from that world and move to the inner world where everything is more real. Justifying oneself to oneself is like Kevlar armor which stops bullets from penetrating. Uncritical, sincere self-observation allows the light to come in, and the light does the work. It's not up to you to do the work. It's not up to you to get rid of these things inside of yourself. It's up to you to see them in the clear light of consciousness and allow them, accept them, acknowledge them. This is not what we do. What we do now is we justify, we blame, we excuse. That is not allowing the sword to cut through the armor. One who wishes to develop makes good use of the sword. He observes himself and works on what is at hand now, in the moment. I've seen a lot of you drag yourselves down and weigh yourselves down with wet Kevlar armor by dragging around in the past and what you did do, and how you didn't make it, and how you failed, and how you're going, or how you're going to fail tomorrow. It's like, give it up. No one's asked you to deal with yesterday or tomorrow. I'm asking you to deal with this moment right now. One who wishes to develop acknowledges and accepts without pride or vanity. He doesn't try to justify himself, and above all, he does not try to disguise himself. We are so pretentious. We disguise ourselves. If we're angry we smile, we, put a, we paste a smile over it. If we're depressed, we try and paste a couple of platitudes over it. We just find it so difficult to be what we are, to accept it, just observe it and accept it, acknowledge it, without pride, without vanity, just acknowledge it. This is what it is. But other people will think less of me. So, what other people think of you has nothing to do with your internal world. It only has to do with your outer world. And I admit, what other people think of you in the outside world can make a big difference. But it will never rock your internal peace and stability if you have it. If you don't have it, it's because you're looking for your answers out there. One who wishes to develop notices it, acknowledges it, and accepts it. When we lose, we gain, and we reach a higher level of being. As we strip off these overcoats of Kevlar armor, we lose that. But when we lose, we gain. And what we gain is our own souls. We lose the world, but we gain our own souls. We lose the insanity of that, but we gain our own inner stability and inner peace. We lose what we think we were, but we gain what we actually are. If that's something that you think you want, then you've got to take the sword to the Kevlar armor. You've got to stop self-justification every time you see it. And the only time you can see it is right now. In this moment. Now you may be able to look back at times that you've justified yourself. Fine. Then put that in work memory. Work memory, not the other memory, not the accusing memory. Don't put it in the arsenal of the commentator in your head who's constantly telling you what's wrong with you. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great when we actually run into a situation or person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like. We find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at SolidRockVista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.